0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hi, this is Joe Castellano from thesportsvirus.com. Welcome to the Inside China Basin San Francisco Giants baseball podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, featuring our regular guest, two-time World Series champion, former Giants reliever, George Contos.
0: Gabe Kapler is not Bruce Bochy, so he's going to run things his way. And I'm sure with Farhan, they've had their discussions on what the best course of action is for the ball club.
1: Inside China Basin is brought to you by Kane's Tire in San Rafael, the lowest prices in Marin County for over 60 years. Well, good morning, George, and uh, welcome back to Inside China Basin here and uh, Giants-Dodgers. You saw the installment of the series uh, in L.A. Now the two teams... Matching up again at Oracle Park, a place where the Dodgers swept the Giants earlier this season. And what a thrilling game one of the series on Tuesday that came down to Cody Bellinger making a bad throw. I mean, th- you never like to see a game end that way uh, as a, just, you know, an observer or somebody who played the game, I would think. Because you could empathize and relate to the feeling that Bellinger had last night and even uh, overnight. It had to be hard to sleep after that.
0: Uh, it absolutely was I mean, for as good of a player as he is to make kind of one of those errors like that um it is tough for him, but that that part of the game happens you know those physical errors are part of it they they're 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 a little bit tough, but as we saw it, and we were on the other end of it uh, just a few days ago with with that inning that tyro Estrada made that error, that mental mistake about going to second base as opposed to getting a sure out at first in that hit and run against the pirates. Uh, those are the ones that really stick with you. The physical errors happen, and as much as I hate to say it, whenever the Dodgers are making an error that let the Giants win a ball game or help them win a ball game, I'm always happy about it.
1: <laughs> well, that play in particular was interesting because you think about a first baseman on that play uh, after Yaz stopped between first and second. I mean, basically he catches the ball, there's one out, just throw over to second base and get the tag on Yaz for the second out. Instead, he tried to make this super play to get Posey at third, and it would have taken a perfect throw, and of course he airmail, it into the screen near the stands
0: you know i think cody is a a very athletic guy and his primary position is outfield so he's making those throws from the outfield quite a bit and the release point could be a little bit different and it just wants you know the ball could have slipped out of his hand a little bit there are a lot of things that that could have really facilitated him making that error uh but the way he airmailed it like that to me looked like the ball slipped out of his hand just a little bit early
1: yeah, it definitely did, and, uh, you know, he's only played – that was his first time playing at first base this year, even though he's played there before. Uh, you know, no, other developments uh, with the Giants lately, uh, they, you know, they really haven't been getting the same pitching out of Gosman, Kevin Gosman. So what do you see in him as far as what he's going through right now, and do you think that it's just kind of a short-term issue?
0: Well, we were speculating just the other day when we were on pre- and post-game with Greg Papa about maybe him having a little bit of – that dead arm in the season at that time. He's he's you know well over kind of the halfway part point now, and you know the way the way Mike Kruko has always described it is you have ten starts out of your you know thirty thirty two thirty three starts. Ten of them are really good. Ten of them you you know kind of like to forget. The other ten you kind of just grind through and try to make the most of yourself that day. Um, but he came out, in his out of his post game interview after his most recent start. He said he goes I feel fine. Everything's great. I'm dealing with a little bit of a timing issue, and with everything that's happened in his last. Uh, you know, two weeks, two and a half weeks of work. He had the start before the All Star game. Then he had pushback back because of the emergency with his wife. And thankfully, everything thankfully everything is okay in that regard. But when you get out of your routine as a starting pitcher, and you don't have those five days where you you know you have your play catch day and you have a bullpen and you have your your little uh, light work day, when you get out of those routines, sometimes you can get a little bit out of sync. And it sounds to me like that's what's happening with him a little bit. And he's he's addressed it. He says he knows what he's doing. Hopefully he'll get some good side work in uh in between his next start and we'll we'll see the the Kevin Gossman that we're accustomed to seeing back on the mound in a few days.
1: Yeah, I mean that splitter is so important. If he can't get that over for strikes, then it becomes more predictable. I mean, of course he's throwing a you know, a mid to upper nineties fastball usually, but still if hitters are just sitting on that and they know he can't throw the splitter for a strike, it, it really changes everything, doesn't it?
0: it really I mean, it does you limit yourself and you're also taking away the best pitch in major league baseball um uh, with which his splitter that's how good it is um you know it looked to me like it just didn't quite have that same bite the last couple times and it could be from him opening early not being able to hide it as well um not getting as much not getting as, as good of a release point out in front with it so I think he's addressed it. he knows what he's doing. I'm sure he's watching video with Andrew Bailey and uh, you know they're going to do everything they can to write that ship because it's starting to starting to get to crunch time where all these games are really being amplified as the season progresses.
1: The trade deadline is coming up here soon, and I would imagine that there's a lot of anxiety for players at the trade deadline. Tell us you know first about that and how much are Giants players in your opinion rooting for a trade to improve the team? I heard Eric Carrolls talk about that on a Fox broadcast about how you know you want your general manager to do something i don't know is that always true when you're on a first place team you you feel like you have all your pieces in place do you really want to go get somebody
0: well you know that's a tough kind of situation because you're when you're a first place team or the best team in baseball you Gabe kapler said in this in his post game interview before uh the game the other day um that, that they, he has complete 100% trust in that ball club as he should, because they've gotten them to where they're at right now. But when you have an opportunity to improve your ball club, uh, you know, Farhan is a guy who I think is going to go out and he's going to get somebody who's going to help. He's going to create a good deal. He's going to find something that's a good deal that makes sense for the franchise. Um, but when you're sitting in there in the, as a player in that locker room, typically you don't trade off your major league roster at that, at that point in time. That's kind of one of the no-nos that uh, i that I've, I've kind of, learned coming throughout the, throughout my career and now that I'm on this side of the game. You know, you, you, you kind of keep your major league roster unless it's a, it's a piece that you feel is kind of worth the exchange. But, um, you know, I think everyone's kind of holding their breath a little bit. The trade deadline is always one of those places where you, you, you could potentially see one of the guys that's a good friend of yours, uh, you know, leave the team or a prospect that that they've they created relationships that, that is going to end up somewhere else. I know that it's that. You know, Heath Hembry, for example, was a good buddy of mine, and there are a, a lot of other guys who I've played with that they leave and they're gone. Um, so it's just one of those times that you, everyone kind of holds their breath a little bit, and then once the trade deadline's over, you kind of get that sigh of relief, and then you get to move forward and just kind of keep, keep with the task at hand, which is getting to the postseason and trying to win another World Series.
1: As a player, how much do you look at the rumors that are get th- getting thrown around? I mean, like right now, there's that rumor, maybe Joey Bart for Chris Bryant. I mean, that's a big deal as far as a, a rumor. Would you be looking at that as a player?
0: I, I tried not to not to uh, pay any attention to that. You know, just Adam Frazier is a really good buddy of mine, and you know, I've, I've spoken to him a couple times prior to him getting dealt to the Padres, which came as a surprise to everybody. He was kind of thinking he was going to be either in Seattle or with the White Sox, and all of a sudden he's in San Diego now. So I, I think that those rumors are all are just exactly that, they're rumors. They, they start from somewhere, people have speculation. But until something happens, which happens very quickly and very last minute, none of those things really end up quite working
1: out the way you think. We'll continue the conversation with former Giants pitcher George Contos right after this. When it's time for new tires, you want the lowest prices and the best service, don't you? Well, Cane's Tire in San Rafael has you covered on both. Cane's has the lowest prices in Marin County, and they provide the warm and welcoming service that you can only receive from a family-run business. Voted Best of Marin for 35 years in a row, Cane's prices beat Costco's prices every time. Kane's Tire, 1531 4th Street in San Rafael. Give them a call at 415 453 2942. That's 415-453-2942 for Kane's Tire. In 2016, you were on that Giants team and they traded Matt Duffy. They got Matt Moore. You know, at the time, I didn't think it was a terrible trade because Matt Moore is a good left-handed pitcher. And I still maintain that, you know, he was helping the Giants. But what was the reaction to that? I know the fan reaction wasn't great because everybody loved Matt Duffy.
0: Yeah, Matt Duffy, he was a great guy. He was a a huge contributor to our 2014 World Series team, and he was very well-liked by everybody in the clubhouse and the fans alike. And, you know, Matt Moore came over, and he he did pitch really well. You know, I think he kind of gets a little overshadowed with kind of how that game ended up and how things ended up for him the next year. But if we win that game four against the Cubs, and who knows what happens in 2016, I think the view on all of that maybe goes a little bit differently. But, Whenever you're losing a guy like Matt Duffy, who's, who's a you know, great teammate, great contributor to the organization, good clubhouse guy, it's really tough.
1: What's your thought on the roster with all of these players coming back? I mean, you've got players that have been on the shelf, like Evan Longoria, Brandon Bell, Tommy Listella, They're all coming back soon. Uh, Brandon Crawford as well. I mean, so many players that the roster is going to undergo some changes. So what do you think?
0: I think getting all those guys back healthy and in your lineup every day is like a trade in itself you know you're getting Evan Longoria like you meant you're going to get Brandon Belt back you're going to get the guy who knock on wood in my opinion uh, is going to win another gold glove and who's been the MVP of the first half uh, for the team and Brandon Crawford back Um, so I think that's just that's a boost in your lineup right there it's going to feel like a trade getting that thump all those guys put together back in your lineup.
1: I'll tell you the guys who have filled in. I mean, you look at Estrada. That guy is, he's hit well. He's played really well defensively at shortstop. I mean, he hits home runs to center field. It would be hard to send a guy like that down to the minor leagues, but you may have no choice.
0: I mean, I think you're going to have to. I mean, he's not going to step in and, and play over you know Brandon Crawford. And that, but that's that's a good problem to have is when you have depths like that. So when guys go down, unfortunately, somebody else can step in and give similar type of production on both sides of the ball. Uh, like he's been doing but at the same time you know Brandon Crawford is your all-star he's your multi-goal glover he's the guy that you know you want there in those crucial situations because he's done it and he's come out the other side being squeaky clean
1: there was the same situation earlier this year with Lamont Wade Jr. because he has options and man you'd hate to see him go down he's been such a major contributor I don't know that you could send him down what do you think
0: you know, uh, th- th- I'm very happy that I don't have to be in those situations to make those decisions because I, I agree with you. He's done such a fantastic job. Um, but when you have those number crunches with guys with options versus guys without options, um, you know, he, he, he I hate to see him be a casualty of the option game. Um, but you know what? This is one of those times where you're not trying to lose guys out of the organization uh, to keep a guy there. You know, once September comes and the roster expands by the few people, um, there's no doubt that he's he's going to be a mainstay and, and he'll be a guy who um, I think is for sure going to be on the postseason roster with what he's done lately. And um, But you know what? Like, like I said, I'll say it again. I'm glad that I'm not the one that has to make these decisions because there are a lot of guys deserving to be on that roster right now. Um, and when, when some of these mainstays and staples come back healthy... Uh, Uh, it's going to be kind of interesting what they do to make room for everybody.
1: I don't know why Wade hasn't been able to hit left-handed pitching. Yeah, it's a small sample size, but he still doesn't have a hit against lefties. Have you noticed anything different about him when he's facing a lefty?
0: I haven't. I also think that he's really just started to face lefties more consistently. Um, and, And when you platoon, when you're really used to seeing those right-handed guys and then you're seeing left-handed guys it can get a little bit frustrating because you get out of your whack a little bit there you haven't really been consistently seeing them um there's obviously no doubt that he can hit lefties he's gotten to the big leagues and he's been a huge contributor at the big league level and i'm sure he plays every day in the minor leagues where he's facing lefties so i think we we just kind of have found something to, uh, that's a talking point a little bit with him and just you know the pressure rises he's a younger guy and He's very well aware of how he's doing against lefties, and I think the more he sees them, the better. The more it'll come and the more easy uh, it'll come for him to, to make that adjustment.
1: I want to get back to the trade possibilities and being a, a player in the clubhouse. If you go get somebody, let's say you go get a Chris Bryant, which I think would be great. If you go get him, is it incumbent upon Bryant to fit into the clubhouse, or are there players... In your clubhouse, that have to sort of go to him and say, hey, this is the way we do things, or, you know, just make him feel welcome because isn't that a really important part of those midseason trades, how the player fits in?
0: Well, it is. And I, I mean, I think that, that all that diligence is done by Farhan and everybody that you're doing a whole background on all these players who you're going to potentially add to your roster. And the second he walks into that clubhouse, if he were to indeed be traded to the Giants or anywhere, whoever is going to be. It's going to be a very seamless transition. You know, everyone knows that he's coming in here with the intention of helping this team do really good things, and everyone knows that. And you know what? We're all we're all kind of a band of brothers in there, so everyone's going to fit in just fine. Everyone's going to welcome him with warm, warm, uh,
1: wide open arms.
0: And Chris Bryant's a very nice guy. He, you know, he, he's he's a quiet, kind of soft spoken guy, uh, very nice. He'd fit in just fine.
1: He's a guy who can play in the outfield and play over third base. And that versatility is so commonplace in baseball now. When you were first playing baseball, George, I don't know that you saw that. It just seems like in the last, you know, five to ten years, everybody can play all over the field. It's valuable, but I don't take it for granted that that's an easy thing to do. What are your thoughts about that?
0: Yeah, I, I you know what? I was a pitcher, so I stood on the mound 60 feet, six inches away, and that was what I did forever. I ever stepped on a major league baseball field um i think when when you have the ability to play those it just makes you that much more valuable to an organization it allows you to give other guys day off uh days off it allows you to um you know kind of supplement whatever else is going on in the lineup so the fact that uh that chris bryant for example since we were talking about him can do that that that's obviously only a plus and and makes kind of the lot, putting the lineup together a lot easier for Cap for uh, when he's looking at matchups and stuff like that, because Chris Bryant will play every day.
1: Absolutely, if they get him. Uh, so the Los Angeles Times reporting recently that the majority of Dodgers players don't want Bauer to return to the club under any circumstances. Uh, when you heard that, what was your reaction to it? Is there any surprise about that after everything that's gone on with Bauer?
0: Uh, I mean, wow, that's definitely an eye-opening statement. You know, when, when when your peers, the guys who you've spent the last, you know, however many, um, you know, months from spring training to the beginning of the season to everything going on, when, when those kind of statements are, are being made, it's definitely eye-opening. And, um, you know, I'm glad that, uh, that uh, you know, that's not something that we're about or make decisions on and we get to read it in the paper and just, you know, you, you look at that situation, it's just an unfortunate one all the way around.
1: Yeah, and that team—I mean—they've had their share of injuries as well. I—I kind of look at it like you know, the Giants and the Dodgers have been so banged up. It all comes down to depth, it seems like to me. I mean, if you have enough depth, and I don't think people thought the Giants did coming in, but it really seems like they do because they've plugged in so many different players this year.
0: They, they have great depth. I was looking—I was looking something the other day, and I think the Giants have the uh, third or fourth most prospects in the top 100 uh, in baseball. So I think that's a. And, and the and the front office um, for really creating a good minor league system of guys who can come in and really be effective um, and and you know what what what, what really goes kind of not unnoticed but maybe underappreciated is just how good of the defense has been for us. I know that in the last week we 've had a few little miscues that have really stood out, but, but you know i 've always been a, a guy who believes that good pitching and good defense are the, the keys to winning and being a successful team long term and the timely hitting will come, and you 'll get your surges where You'll you'll have some time where you'll you'll score a ton of runs, but they've been playing typical Giants baseball: good pitching, solid starting, good bullpen uh, showings, and solid defense. And I think that's what's going to be what carries them the rest of the way.
1: And we've talked a lot about the bullpen, especially at the back end, and having Rogers in the eighth and McGee in the ninth. What do you think about? the mental part of what those guys have done because they have had their ups and downs and they've been able to bounce back. I mean, you look at Rogers in that game, uh, game one of the series on Tuesday, you know, he, he showed a great ability to get out of trouble. And that takes a lot of mental fortitude.
0: Oh, I absolutely agree. And I think, I think the, the best, the best compliment that I can give those guys is they've done so well with very limited amount of ego um, you know, McGee and Rogers and the guys who are throwing at the back end of that, they've been very selfless with pitching wherever uh, Cap and, and Farhan kind of have told them to expect. And I think that's a very difficult thing to do because it, it hurts your routine a little bit, not knowing, hey, the eighth inning is mine in a safe situation, or the ninth inning is mine in a safe situation. I think it's just kudos to, to all those guys for just, you know, when their names called, they take the ball and they go, and, and they've done a very good job of it.
1: There's two sides to that ego, though, too, right? I mean, there's being the, the team guy who doesn't have that much of an ego, but when you're on the mound trying to get hitters out, I would think you have to think, hey, I'm the best pitcher on the planet right now.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the way that I looked at it sometimes was that there was a guy that was 60 feet, six inches away with a stick in his hand He was trying to take money off my table. <laughs> you know, He was trying to hurt my livelihood. And that's what you have to have. Guys, go out there and you, you don't just get to the major leagues and be an all-star or be a, a successful major leaguer at that level without having that chip or that edge on your shoulder. When you step on that mound, that focus kicks in, you're ready to get down to business.
1: All right, George. Hey, great job on the uh, NBC pre- and post-games. We look forward to seeing you again in August. Uh, it's it's going to be an exciting month for the Giants as they try to maintain this and, and keep in uh, first place where they are right now.
0: Oh, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And you're starting to see the, the, the pressure that the other teams are feeling. By, and by the other teams, I mean the Padres and the Dodgers that – that they're sitting here in almost August, and they're still chasing the Giants uh, by, you know, what is it, I think three and a half or four games now, two and a half games um, in the NL West. I think this was supposed to be a two-headed monster battle, and the Giants were not supposed to be in it. And I think what they're doing is great, and there's no pressure on them right now because they were never expected to be in this situation. So they just need to continue playing the good baseball that they have, I'm sure a reinforcement or two will be coming. You don't just be the best team in baseball and not add a little something at the deadline to try and uh, boost and bolster your, uh, your your roster. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to the last two months of the season.
1: And by the way, you and Greg Papa are a great team together. Uh, that relationship, I would think, has sort of developed <laughs> as you've gone along, especially because you're now in the studio together instead of you being remote.
0: Oh, uh, it's it's a blast. I, you know, Papa's he's so great. He's so talented and our personalities have really uh, bonded well together. He, he's a talker. I'm a talker. We, we have a lot that we can kind of get through. So it's been a blast kind of getting to know him a little bit better and, and really kind of opening up and seeing how our conversations can evolve. And I'm having a blast.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, George. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Joe.
1: That's former Giants relief pitcher George Contos. Join us again next week for another edition of Inside China Basin. For now, I'm Joe Castellano. Thanks for listening on the Believe Podcast Network.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V.